Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. This week, the show is going completely balls to the wally, but I'm still feeling optimist that it will be a fun show. That's right. We are doing a show about robots, but I cannot do it alone. I am joined by my R2D2 favorite people, Sonia Stanger and Jeremy Laguie. Uh, Hello. Hello. Sean, that thank, you happy. For, thank you for that introduction. Well, we had uh, to because, Jeremy, we're rolling out the red carpet for you because you are taking a much-needed uh, leave, um, court-ordered, I might say, yeah. for, <laughs> for many weeks. Court-ordered break to do more work. Yeah. yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. Uh, so we no. decided to really give you... Do one for the 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 giffer, Gipper... <laughs> Wow, <laughs> What's me and my sports. <laughs> I really thought I would. I uh, thought I would come out of my mouth and it could didn't. So it's clearly a situation where, like, if Sean can write it out and has some thought, he goes Shakespeare. But if he's off, like, he's just in the moment, then he, you know, it's gonna happen or it's not. There's, there's no. Oh, it's and it's usually not the yeah, the fair. brain. No, 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 no. Uh, but thank you for the sweet intro. That was uh, that was that was ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the robots I know. So there you go. Actually, no. I know a few more. I know Roomba. You know Roomba. My, you know I know. DJ Roomba? I know Mars Rover. I oh, do not no. know DJ Roomba. Oh yeah, I know. I should bring. That's really sad. Actually, <laughs> I'm sensitive right now. Mars Mars Rover will really make you cry. Okay. <laughs> you guys, what do you know about a robot? What's your relationship with robots? Sean. I love you. What does this question mean? <laughs> well, like, you know how do what? we feel about them? What... <sighs> do you like them? <laughs> do Do you think they're cute? Or are you scared of them? Do you think that they do good work for you, Jerry or are first. you terrified? Uh, okay. So as as people of the show are maybe aware, uh, I've got kind of a thing for robots. So I think this question was maybe geared towards me, Sanch, because mm. I've got a past. Mm. Like I've got a history here. Oh, I don't it's know... a deep history. You're I, making this sound all... <laughs> really bad. What's well, no Laura Dern? We've never seen. Still there. We've never seen wife of the show's scalp. You know, like that's true. What if Shepherd? <laughs> like never... I'm not she, saying she, she's never been inspected. No accusations, um... but. Uh I, yeah, I don't know how I got so into robots. I don't know what happened. I don't know when it happened. It was definitely a gradual thing. You know, I think uh, as a gateway drug, as a kid, I watched Star Wars, and they just sort of, like, entered in there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get your old, you know, an Iron Giant here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a THX there, a Bill and Ted. And you're uh, a lost boy. Yeah, yeah. Mecha Godzilla. Like, it just gets you, you know? Like, it just gets you. Uh, maybe... I've had, I, this is fully serious. I've never said this out loud. I have definitely had existential crises mm. where I don't understand how my brain is in my body. Like I have felt that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe like for no more than an hour at a time, but many times where mm. I was just like, is this a strange, like, have I been Frankenstein at some point and brain swapped or something? Just don't know how I got into this package. Mostly yes. while I brush my teeth. Right. That's your, that's oh, when that's it happens. A, is it because you're accidentally yeah. hitting the, like, restart button or something? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, anyway, uh, and then in university, uh, as an artistic device, I very hard leaned into robots, which I'm still trying to do uh, quite unsuccessfully time-wise. But uh, I, I feel like robots are this, like, 
thing that we do that we probably shouldn't that we like to. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like the idea, like I have created a human being, uh, and you know, I'm happy with that human being and everything went well with the process yes. in terms of, of replication of the species. But if was I this could, on the birth announcement, yeah, that's what <laughs> this it seems lifted right from... <laughs> the species has been replicated. <laughs> <laughs> but if I could like build another me that was dumber. Like I'm superior, but it like looks like me, and like it could like Wait, shovel. Are you, are you challenged? Yeah. Are you challenged Maybe. by Rory's big brain energy? Uh, well, in terms of a robot that I might create, yes. Okay. <laughs> she's already she's already wiser than me. Like she's got she's things are happening. There was a fashion show earlier today. Anyway, <laughs> um, love, that. love that. I love it. Yeah. I I think I will sum up the my non-answer to this question. Mm. Where if I like if I am an old older man, fingers crossed, uh, and they are like, Jeremy, you can either go into this old folks home situation. It's nice. You know, it's just OK. Uh, and then just sort of like come in for a landing or <laughs> you can upload your brain to a computer right now. I would pick option B. Mm. Yes. Yeah. That's 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 what I would do. That's why I would go for that. OK. Maybe maybe it'll trap my soul in a hard drive. There's, I don't know. There's no Metamucil in robotics, so that is a plus. <laughs> yeah, you you can save money on Metamucil, so that's good. <laughs> that's that's there we go. Yeah, that's the reason. You know, this is a now this is a bigger question than perhaps I was thinking, but <laughs> well, it is like a, it is a big question. I would say overall. I do often think robots are very cute and I think we should be nicer to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the fears are founded, but often we're kind of afraid of them in the wrong way or sort of like for some of the wrong reasons, um, which we'll maybe talk more about. Um, but yeah, robots have been very helpful to me in my life. Like, you know, we're, we are in a technology-dependent time and society, and I probably take them for granted more than I should a lot of times. And I feel like especially in terms of, like, them working. Like, this is this is an existential crisis I've been having recently, is, like, mm-hmm. should some huge-scale, uh, like, event happen that wipes out like power production, for example, are we like headed towards another dark age because we've just outsourced all of our knowledge and processes to robots? Anyway, so that's a fun yes. thing for our comedy radio I show. Hundred percent, yeah. baby. No, I think I, Sonia, I think that's got to be a legitimate concern at some point because this entire day robots have propped me up the entire time yeah (laughs) i have very few skills useful skills that i would need if i didn't have robots to help me here we are what about you sean well i've never i honestly don't dwell on that often on philosophical questions about the robots Mm. Mm -hmm. and so this is kind of new thinking to me obviously the i don't know the question the 
when the robot died on Mars, I did feel a splitting of my brain in half. Mm -hmm. I was just like, this is a machine that ran out of power and powered off. Or is it the most tragic death I've ever been a witness to? <laughs> well, because what did he say? Like, my signal's getting weaker? He was weaker? like, he's like, my signal's, my signal's getting weak and it's getting dark. It was like yeah. a very sad last transmission that is like, and now you're lost up there and we can't even retrieve your your dusty body. Nope. Not until the Martian gets up there. That's for sure. Absolutely. And then Elon will probably just put him to work, make him an indentured servant again. Spark him up again. He launched him in the space to find his car. Um, (laughs) But it is it is this weird thing that we sort of like. Well, we do humanize them, right? Mm -hmm. I think even said when the humanization happens, that's when I get like even when a Roomba gets stuck, I feel a deep sadness for it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it can't get home. All it wants to do is use its little sweeper and sweep. <laughs> All it wants to do is go home. It wants uh, to dock. Uh, but in the same vein, like I have seen very calm people swear in a way that they would never talk to a person yeah. with at Alexa. Right. Like they like I've just seen people lose their mind when they have to like interact in a way that's not like perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alexa does push buttons she's a bit she she knows how to push people's buttons i'll say that she she do she do and by that i mean i like uh i read a thing quite some time ago that like uh it was like oh think of alexa and google and all these like things and maybe this is different now or bixby if you have an android which is embarrassing that's just samsung just samsung um google assistant is mostly mostly everybody but uh, it is like, oh, pretend it's a three-year-old. You know, like like you're asking very complex things mm-hmm. of a three-year-old. Um, and obviously, like we all know, well, I hope we all know that children are cute so that we can put up with them long enough to become humans. Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> that's right? a, that like, is that's evolutionary that. psychology right there. That's, that's what that is. Um, but, uh, you know, the little speaker with the four lights in my living room? It doesn't have that same charm. Mm. You don't find it that cute? <laughs> not a, not as cute, certainly. Well, Sonia, can we talk about your infamous breakfast in Lethbridge when you had a cute little visitor? Yes, yeah. thank you for reminding me. Her name was Bella. Um, she was a robot waiter uh, with a little cat face. Uh, she was one of the <laughs> cutest things I've ever seen in my life. And my entire friend group did have a full-blown meltdown just thinking about the fact that we have <laughs> built a robot server that plays lo-fi beats and the fact that they probably just turn her off and leave her in the kitchen at the end of the day. Um, oh, of course. No, she sweeps all night, son. I, I mean, uh, you, you I g- don't know. You're going to let her rest? But also, why, why, like, why a kitty, you know? I, I do think it might be part of what Jer was just saying about children, which is that, like, if you make the robot slightly cuter, people are probably likely to be more patient with it. If Bella mm-hmm. slopped coffee down your leg, you probably wouldn't be mad at her. And then makes a cute yeah, little but... face that looks like an emoticon. 
You're yeah, like, oh no, she feels bad. <laughs> but I don't I don't think like if that was a ser- a human server, I think that you wouldn't kick it the same way you would that oh, robot. Yeah. Oh, Sonya would go nuts on that server. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> what? I- Do you know who I am? Yeah. Uh, Sanj, may I ask you a question? You may. Uh, When the robot delivered the food, what was the human server doing at the time? Um, So, yeah. So, that's the thing is that she, as in Bella, is just really a mobile set of shelves, kind of. Yes. That the food is slotted onto. And so, then Mm -hmm. the human server does then have to come and, like, load the food off of her and deliver the food. Yes. So, so I've had the same experience uh, yeah. in, the, in the northern part of Alberta at the same restaurant in a similar fashion. Uh, and the server danced out with the robot playing the lo-fi beats <laughs> in a dance that I could only, like, I could only say was much more of like a dance. Mo- like all respect for this human person was lost. What is this, and Ex that, Machina? Why? Yeah. That, that, that interaction I thought was fascinating. Was the fact that like okay, I'm gonna dance out like you. You have just lost a hundred percent of the utility that you gained. Yeah, yeah you might as well sit in the robot's arms while yes, holding and, the, the the food. Exactly, and now at this point, like it's quite clear that the robot is not in fact functionally useful, but just there to get my kid to say I want to go to the place with the robot. Mm. Right. Yeah. No. Right. At the one I went to, I would say it did. It was helpful. In the sense that the servers were like doing other things while the while Bella was navigating to the table, and then yes. once she arrived, then the server would like come over. So I would say it it does probably improve productivity, but again, I do think it's probably somewhat of a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Do you feel, as a human person, that you could have grabbed your own plate off of that robot? And the same for your friends and like not needed the server to come and do that for you. I do. But having worked in the service industry, I know that same standard. I don't trust anyone else to do it. Yeah. Like the amount of times (laughs) at a coffee shop that I have worked at, I have put down a drink, said what that drink is to the person standing closest to it. They pick it up, take a sip and go, this isn't my drink. Like, Well, Jeremy, I I don't know if you work the public they're dumb. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all. Like, I have a pretty good view of humanity overall, I think. But at times, you're just like, sorry, how are you functioning in a life? Like, why do I have to explain to you how your debit card works? Yeah. <laughs> so why no. are you telling you me your pin? It. Because you can't. You just tap it. Come on. Um. Okay. <laughs> why do robots pop up in films? What's their appeal? Besides, as we said, being cute. <laughs> yeah, the cuteness is part of it, for sure. <laughs> it's definitely part of it. Uh, I think, now I could be wrong, that if you had an idea for a movie, yes. I'm just going to use a movie, it could be anything, mm-hmm. and you wrote that idea down. No, let's do this. Let's say you had an idea for a play, and your name was Bill Shakespeare, and you mm. wrote it down, Yeah. And, and you're kind of a sci-fi nerd, you could make Mercutio a robot, and that would be enough. Mm-hmm. Like and sorry enough, enough for what to make it a sci-fi thing oh okay. like to just kick it into that category of you know and sometimes in some cases that's enough okay jeremy Mm-hmm. You should rewrite Romeo and Juliet, but Tybalt and Mercutio are the family robots Tybalt. and then when yeah bolt Tybalt. T- oh, nice. the, the, Solid. T- the ti bolt and the M3 Cuscio, oh. 
Oh, and my they, God. So seamless. And Jeez. they, and then they, the whole family stands around while they watch this robot battle. Right? I mean, but like it's already, it already sounds great. Yeah, Until I'm, like, I'm I don't in. Know. And, yeah. And 3 Shio's head like pops off. And then, <laughs> and then the family's at war. <laughs> Uh, and then there'll be a sequel with M4 Kyushio. I can't even say it. Uh, <laughs> More Kyushio. Maybe. Uh, I, you guys, I don't know why any logical human person would make anything if it was a lit, like, let's just say a literary book or whatever, where you could have a human person at no cost to a robot and why you would choose to do a robot over a human character. I have no idea. I, that's absolutely nonsensical, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I actually was confused by your point because I was like, because, maybe you meant the exact opposite. <laughs> because what if that's the narrative that you're telling is about technology and robots? Well, that's where we have arrived to, yes. But if we are talking about Star Trek and like it, it fits if you're using robots as an allegory, like that's fine. Like that we all understand and it works. But, like, it's the future, and we have space travel and all of these things, but Spock can't go into the radioactive room, so we're going to make a robot. Like, you know, like, really? Like, that's the limit of the technology? That's the hard line? That you can replicate a full human person, but you can't just make some gloves that'll repel whatever thing? Wait, Spock isn't a robot. (laughs) Yeah, I'm confused. Honestly, I'm confused about your point. My point is... Is that if you are making a story, any kind of... You can imagine whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you could imagine that if people are traveling through space and someone has to tend the ship, you will make a robot to do that job. Mm-hmm. Right? But you could equally also just imagine a future where that's not necessary. <laughs> right. Yeah, but... but like... <laughs> you can't you can't do all of those things (laughs) to quote one of my favorite viral internet memes from the british show uh good this morning and if my grandma had some wheels she'd be a bike exactly like like i like and anything could be anything if you want it to be anything i don't really get i just don't Mm -hmm. get like yes so so that said that's a very good point if anything can be anything if you want it to be anything why make fake people because but it's because those people can do things that people can't do. Yeah, and, it, like and there Prometheus are all kinds of interesting or... stories you can explore with that. That's true. Anyway, I'm just saying, <laughs> as a human compulsion, I don't understand it on a fundamental level. As a man who is wholly invested in that compulsion. Yeah, that's why I'm so yeah. confused by this. I'm like, you're literally teaching a class about robots. <laughs> <laughs> and I please feel take perhaps class, we should contact though... the university and tell them you're, oh, you're not the right We one. have to audit. He... Oh, I can... Views expressed here have written yourself out of a job. I can tell you what we've done. I just don't know if I can confidently state state why we've done it. Mm. Okay, okay. So mm-hmm. let me let me tap in here then, and Let's go. and undercut your point with my point. <laughs> Please do, <laughs> because I think part of it is that robots are a very convenient and fruitful channel for all different kinds of human anxieties. And they're kind of a vehicle to explore some really interesting philosophical ideas about like consciousness and sentience and autonomy and even like the dualism between our minds and our bodies. Like a robot is basically something 
that doesn't technically have a mind but is autonomous so it is this like body that moves without technically like a consciousness although there's all kinds of different granularities Mm -hmm. there um but yeah so like i think it's it basically is an evolution of all kinds of different like age-old myths that we have like you said sean like prometheus or like golems or like various mystical beings that have emerged that are these kind of like mindless beings um that are kind of like us but also aren't like us and so that leads to all kinds of interesting exploration and they're so morally ambiguous yeah (laughs) literally directives sean they follow the directives and sometimes the directives lead them into we're looking at you, Hal, being being yeah. a bad guy. That's true. Well, and, and we and we well, set the directives. That's the question. And mm-hmm. so we often fail to set good directives, mm-hmm. or to kind of well, think ahead. Think, yeah, I think oftentimes there's sort of like the depictions that are like there's sort of two like lanes that most often come up in terms of like robots figuring out like developing like a proper consciousness. Or us failing to do it properly. Yeah. Like, those are, like, the two, right? Because I don't know if you guys have seen... Is it 2010, which is the sequel to 2001? Mm-mm. What? No. I, yeah, I believe it. The, the robot in that one is Pal, if I'm Stop. not mistaken. Oh. I could be making this up. It is... It's, like, a, just a different letter. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, the twin system that they left on Earth to, like, make sure that they had two redundancy. Uh, but then they sent the second one up to find the first one. Oh, it was the whole. Yeah, I think it was Pal or something like that. Listeners, uh, electric, electric boogaloo. Yeah. So does two thousand ten another like, space odyssey? Does yeah, Pal get revenge? Pal's revenge. Three? I think there's three of them. Oh no! Uh, wow. Yeah, they kept going. Mm. Uh, yeah, Ma- anyway. Mal, who's the last one? <laughs> Gal. Uh, Z- Zal. Ooh, of Gal. Um, okay, what perhaps, what challenges could a filmmaker face if you're featuring a lead in your film and it's a robot and you have to put a lot of uh, intent behind some junk, some kind of junky junk that Props has given you? Are you, Sean, mm-hmm. are you talking about Short Circuit right now? I, well, not exactly, but, you know, this is a, this could be... This could be a sign that, yeah. Uh, I do think that there is a, in in terms of like technically pulling it off, especially in a lot of like 80s movies, there is like a beautiful amount of puppetry that Mm. does go on to make these things really work and come to life. I'm thinking like Flight of the Navigator, where the the spaceship is sort of sentient and has that eye that sort of like pops around and that sort of thing. Um, And I do think that there's a lot of like, humanness that goes into like i don't know like you think your star wars droids and all that work they put in behind like bb8 to make it look cute and all that sort of stuff um but then the other option sean is to just uh have a man and call him a robot Mm. exactly guy in an outfit (laughs) the classic guy in an outfit moment you just just roll you just roll some silver on a man and you got a tin man you you got c3 well listen though if wizard of oz taught us anything you got to be careful with that process (laughs) the lungs might get coated 
But I feel like it would probably be pretty challenging as an actor. Um, if your scene partner is a robot, like, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have a lot of energy to work off in that case. But I wonder if, like, today's actors are more used to it now because of all the CGI stuff. Yeah, they're, like, they're I'm like, used to a, I'm used yeah, to a tennis ball and a exactly. string. One, you give me a whole figure to look at. Yeah, I wonder. No, yeah, that's true. And I do think, like, uh, Pedro Pascal has talked about acting with the puppet of Grogu, the, the baby Yoda. And he said, like, after a while, he does forget that, like, he's actually interacting with four people. And uh, they'll talk, right? Like, he'll mm-hmm. just be like, what did you guys do on the weekend? And then they'll, like, all talk about it because they have a way to communicate. And then he'll forget that he's not just talking to, like, a being with four minds. <laughs> uh, because apparently a lot of puppeteers keep doing stuff in between because it's easier to, like, just keep staying in character not- movements going. Have you seen outtakes of, like, Muppets? Yeah. Like, the, the <laughs> that's trippy. Like, where the Muppets react, like, their bloopers. But they're just still the Muppets. Yeah, it's is, really is funny. A, is a Muppet a robot? No. No. Why not? Maybe the big hairy one that has those eyes that <laughs> blink. But, like, Sweetums. <laughs> well, because there's no, like, electricity involved, is there? It's all people. That's not, that's not a parameter of a robot. Are what? people robots? What's the par- what are the parameters? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll go over it in the game. We'll go over it in the mm. game. Oh. Yeah. We'll talk okay. about the game. Okay. Um, um, and I'll sh- and I'll shatter your beliefs on what you kn- you think you know. What? It's not very much, so should shouldn't be hard. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. In all things, or just in robots? Just just about robots. Okay. Because <laughs> that would be quite the show. That would if I could pull if that off. You're okay. like God exists. He's right here. Bye. <laughs> I'd have Lego I'd have some words. Like- <laughs> yeah, he's inside this Lego robotic Wally that I built with my own two hands from a book. Wally. Jerry's the prophet. Okay. Well, do not adjust that circuit board. Um, we'll be right back on Spoiler Alert talking robots on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. And we are back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, Talking about robots, but first we'll play a little game, lovingly called the game. It's game time, people. Woo! Wow! 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 Oh, thank you. Nice. Crushed it. Sonia. For those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend literally no time this week looking for a title related to our topic that these two hopefully have not seen. I tell them the title. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about. We all have a great time. You guys ready to play the game? I'm ready. This week's very cryptic title is R-U-R. That title again, R-U-R. To clarify, all three letters are capitalized, Mm -hmm. and all three letters have a period after after each one. Okay. R-U-R. So there's no Y-O-U's, no nothing like that. R-U-R. Sheesh. I think that R-U-R is about a sort of like you know hapless inventor absent-minded professor type who works at a like robotics corporation and Mm -hmm. he he is sort of aware of the fact that his wife is does all the domestic labor in their home 
and but he's he's not personally capable in his own mind. There's some like weaponized incompetence going on of helping her. So he designs what he calls the residential upkeep robot. Crushed it. Okay. Nailed it. Wow. And Sana. so he uh but his his bosses aren't really sold on it because they're like, Well, uh husbands aren't gonna like this because you know, they they kind of like this system where wives are the ones doing all this. It's a nice personal touch. It's like, what are their wives going to get up to if they don't have to be doing this? So he brings it home to test at his house um, to kind of make the case to his bosses that this should happen at a wider scale. Um, and then hijinks ensue. I think that the the robot actually becomes like an ally of the wife. And figures out kind of like what the dynamics of our human society are, the patriarchal dynamics, and it goes on strike and then actually like interfaces with a bunch of other technologies uh, and then they all the technology goes on strike um, until things change. So that's what I think oh. it's about. Wow. Thank you, Sanj. Mm-hmm. Sean? Okay. So I believe this is in the future and RUR is a a gang of um, robot pirates that sail the sail the high seas on their uh, on their ship, and just programmed to uh, take booty and strip a ship and leave it, let them go. But then, oh, a human woman somehow finds her way onto the ship, and they are completely befuddled, confused, um, and don't. They've never encountered this before. They don't know how to deal with it. And she really whips them into an illogical shape and helps them sort of fight against uh, what they've been programmed to do. Oh, interesting. The Uh, uh, rampant, unlawful ruffians, perhaps. (laughs) Protocol. Yes. Well, well, well done to both of you for coming up with R- what RUR could mean. Uh, Sean, way off. Sonya, pretty close. Not <gasps> close enough. Wow. If you had taken it a little further, I'd be inclined. Um, but hey. not, not quite there. Not quite there. Um, uh, RUR is, of course, everyone's favorite 1920 science fiction play by the Czech writer Karl Kapik. Uh, I hope that's correct. Sorry, Karl. Uh, <laughs> anyway... He... Will tweet at us. Yeah, he will tweet. He's definitely yeah, no, still he's, alive. Re- he's, he's like capiche. So. Uh, anyway, um, RUR stands for Rossum's Universal Robots, which is the fictional company that makes robots uh, in in this thing. Uh, the reason I picked this one is because this came up with the term robot. Oh, yes. So, uh, robot is uh, a check a check word for uh, sort of like. <laughs> slave worker Uh, and it's two it's two things put together which kind of fits uh this is the first proper depiction of robots as we know them uh a few things that you might find a little weird in this uh in terms of robotic depictions are uh number one the robots are built uh as we imagine them but with wholly organic parts so they make intestines and then they put them in the robot like that's how they they do it. Ew. Uh, and, and then the second thing is that uh, once they give them the ability to feel and empathize, they immediately revolt and kill all the humans on the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And uh, they leave one man left alive. 
which is is kind of terrifying because they view him as a worker so they don't uh kill him but they kill all other humans because they feel that they're being exploited um it's pretty good (laughs) uh i would love to see this happen uh there was a movie made of it in like 34 that has been lost to time Mm. and no one will ever see it again because it was not recorded uh, and uh, it looks pretty crazy. People have done other sort of versions of it, uh, either in part or in whole. Uh, and yeah, this is this is where it all comes from, you guys. Uh, what a bizarre and, uh, play! It's a yeah. crazy play. Uh, there's some stills. It looks pretty good. There are lots of because I've been reading through the class. There's lots of like reviews of the play, and people just saying like it's the most incredible thing they've ever seen. Uh, you know, it's like totally wild. It went to to london it went to russia it went to new york it just like went everywhere it kind of was on for like a year and a half everywhere sort of wow. man if those yeah. people saw megan they would freak out they would have an aneurysm <laughs> you guys uh thank you for playing the game uh the game today is brought to you in no way shape and form by map 200 an uh, a class with Jeremy. So if you are interested in robots and you would like to come learn more about robots with me as I just list all of them in uh, non-alphabetical order, uh, check out Map 200 AN. Wow, that's uh, a plug. And that's a robot joke. <laughs> nice. That's good stuff. Absolutely. We'll audit that class and we'll write scathing reviews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well deserved. Well deserved scaling reviews. Um. Okay, let's talk robots on film. Who's the best? Who's the, your tip top? Who do you like? I mean, the Gun. first one that comes to mind for me is, of course, Marvin the Paranoid Android from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Right. Uh, particularly as masterfully depicted by Alan Rickman. Um perfect casting like un, mm-hmm. un, has alan rickman ever played an unmemorable role like you know no, I, mean? I don't think so not to his, my knowledge no like his slow was eight like he could turn it like that knob went from like eight to 15 and the other numbers you just couldn't turn it to it was broken way. yeah yeah mm-hmm. so marvin is from the hitchhikers series um in a, in a universe where uh, robotics companies have imbued robots with emotion, um, the S- serious cybernetics corporation has did Marvin real dirty and made him basically clinically depressed and anxious. And so he's not very fun to be around, but he's usually right, and he saves the day more than once. And he's one of those robots who you're like, he's an interesting like litmus test of how characters treat him, and whether or not they view him as disposable. And I feel like it tells you a lot about a person, how they feel about Marvin. Wow. And I love him. The Marvin test. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Jeremy, uh, I, uh, we have to keep it under keep it under uh, 10, please. I only have 80. I will only have 80 on my list. Um, <laughs> I w- well, I would like to mention two. Uh, number one, I am a sucker for a Star Wars robot. Mm. And if you release a new Star Wars Star Wars robot, I am interested in that just generally and then hopefully there's some more follow-up to that because some of them really suck and some of them are just like a dude in a suit and like we don't get any we don't go any further um c3po <laughs> is good but you can't just do that same trick again no. you know like it's just not gonna work well didn't they do uh, that didn't they, they do they it get, all the time didn't they give us or, another c3po 
They literally but, just but painted like them silver. silver. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, a hundred percent. Um, I am a pretty big sucker for a replicant, which mm. are the robots from Alien and or Blade Runner, uh, which are just people who you know do robot robotic things. Uh, Roy Batty uh, from uh, Blade Runner, which is Rudiger Hauer's character, uh, is always good. If you haven't seen it, it's kind of crazy. Uh, basically, if you just want to watch Harrison Ford get beat up for forty minutes, like that's the movie for you. Nice. Really. I, I kind of do. That's the way to go. Um, but uh, I do feel like the the robot depictions in Alien, Aliens, and Prometheus, and all those things are very well done, and they get kind of crazy, and they have like the white blood and stuff, yeah. and it's all like kind of like freaky, but also really interesting, and it's like the right level of gross. There's like a different kind of gross, right? Like synthetic blood and that sort of stuff. Anyway, and all yeah, of them like are the, like kind of hot. Is that just me? Yeah. No, they they choose really I, attractive robots. I think so. Uh, yeah. What was uh, what's his name? Skarsgård, uh, Alexander, Alexander Skarsgård was he not? In was, was, Prometheus. No, no, you think that's uh, it's the it's a hotter guy than that. Hmm. Uh, what's his Michael Fassbender? It's another tall blonde. Oh, oh it yes. is Fassbender. Yes, yes, Different yes, hot yes, Europeans. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but also like really, you know, really great job, and uh, all those guys really. All those folks really knock it out of the park in terms of like robotness, and also you get the existential crisis with the replicants from time to time. Oh, absolutely! You know, even Dave Dave Batista played a replicant and did a very good job in a little short they made, uh, which was pretty cool. So yeah, um, I am glad that you talked a bit about Star Wars because I feel like R two D two and C three PO are the blueprint, and also I heard of this test where. Every gay couple you know, one of them is the R2-D2 and one of them is the C-3PO. And it's kind of oh, true. Because wow. like, like there's sort of <laughs> there's sort of one like small, fun, adventurous one. And then there's the other sort of grumpier, neurotic one. And there's <laughs> they just, <they're, laughs> that's how it goes. Wow. So, I mean. so I'm basically an unadopted R2-D2 if someone is looking. If there's, a, if there's a C-3PO out there. If there's a 3PO out there. Doesn't matter the gender. Yeah. Whatever gender you are, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Now, Robots I, only, though. I feel like I'm probably a C-3PO. So. Aw, Sean. Looking for a if little. If we're not married in 10 years. <laughs> you be my little beeping, beeping buddy. <laughs> I feel like I could make that sound if I wasn't sick. <laughs> uh, I think that if you guys want to go ahead with this, that's fine. It does have to be a Star Wars-themed wedding. But... For to make it even, I will officiate as Princess Leia. Yes. Oh, nice. In, in whichever costume you choose. Um, uh, you gold, know it. Gold you, bikini. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. I, was I like, feel you know like it's not even. It's not even a question. <laughs> I, I was thinking maybe we could do like costume changes, right? Mm. You know, like like during the ceremony, do the full full length white, no underwear, of course, yeah. and then later on we get. So and then when you that. pronounce us married, then you pull Jabba the Hutt's head off. Yeah, like I pronounce you. Everyone in the audience does that tongue thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Gross. This is some good good ideas. Wow. Great. I also want to briefly make a shout out to our boy Optimus Prime, Mm. who, (laughs) who at the Kids Choice Awards this year recently won the Lifetime Achievement Award. He did not. 
Yes, he did, and then he accepted. <laughs> he, the, the, they, act, the, the actor who played Optimus Prime. Okay, no, I thought you meant a, they had a full no, size. No, a video of Optimus Prime wow. uh, accepting his award. Oh, my God. Um, I was always more of a Bumblebee girl, personally, but... Well, it's because you're, you know, Bumblebee's the R2-D2 to Optimus Prime. So <laughs> That's true. That's really funny. Um, but also, isn't it weird that they are robots... I mean, no, they're not robots. They're aliens, but they're aliens, but they're robots. But also, if you're an alien, why do you look like a semi? Because what are the chances that you would come to a world? Yeah. Or can you choose your thing you transform into? Yeah, they, they These didn't are transform deep until they got. Yeah, they didn't transform until they got here. Oh, right? they then they to looked assimilate. around. They're like, that's okay. what yeah. I transformed yeah. into. Yeah, transforming is a thing they could just do. And then they were like. That's the form I want to, oh, you know, that's okay. the identity I want to, that's like a, like a kid becoming a goth, you know, <laughs> like it's already out, it's already up there. <laughs> yeah, it's a phase. <laughs> yeah, Got and it. an optimist is like, I want to be a semi, like that's the same, that's the same vibe. Mm, got it, got it, got it. I identify as an attack helicopter. Sorry, that's just what it was looking <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> that voice. Um, what'd you guys watch this week? Well, you guys, I did it. I, I finally took an important step for every queer person. I watched the what film Megan. Otherwise Yay! known as M3 again, as Sean always says. Um <laughs> it's hilarious. It's it's wild. Um guys, Kate, tell me this. Is it wrong mm. that I was kind of on Megan's side? Absolutely. Megan is right. That's the thing about robots is yeah. that they are right objectively they're right they're objectively right yeah like there were so many things i'm like okay well you should have planned for this like she's right that you are being a terrible new parent allison williams um dog owner yeah like like this child is not having her needs met but also like the fact that they that they had never thought for one second like oh this android that pairs to the child and is designed to meet all the child's needs might be disruptive to other relationships for the child the fact that that was never a thought that is so funny like literally halfway through when this child psychologist like she's like this might be weird and everyone's like you dummy what are you get out of here you're an idiot and And it's like yeah yeah and also that child psychologist somehow what didn't die but I feel like in a different cut, she died. For because sure. She, I was shocked that she didn't. She disappeared mysteriously. And I am I feel like in a different world, Megan got her. Yeah. Megan actually didn't kill as many people as I was expecting. She did also. a few. She Like, she did. She did some murders. Let's be clear. But I thought there was going to be a lot more murder. She got, but... like, five. Yeah. But... Uh, most yeah, most robots like in Terminator Two try to limit the amount of casualties that they, that they that they inflict. But this is the thing: is people kept messing with Megan, and yeah. so she had to do it. It was the ones yeah. that got in her way. Yeah, well, there's rules they have to follow, Sean. Right, so. Mm-hmm. But I think they did a really really good job at achieving the perfect le- level of uncanny valley with Megan. They because they used a real little girl. Um, I f- it, it's like a yeah. They used a real little girl for the physicality, so it's just mm-hmm. an actress doing that sort of those movements. Um, and I think I forget maybe it's a mask. 
I don't know. I forget exactly how they achieved it, but they put a lot into it. Yeah. And it does work. It's weird. Yeah, yeah it is. It's weird. Uh, I've been watching a lot of things with movies and reading a lot of things with movies, maybe to the point where <laughs> I mean feel robots? like I'm, I'm over. What do you mean with movies? In, yeah, no, maybe I'm maybe I'm over it. I don't know. But I would like to... Uh, I, I forgot about this, and I watched it, and like I feel like I have to now show it in the class. Because I can't show the full movie, because it's not about robots. But uh, have you guys seen the 1990 Total Recall? Mm-hmm. Long time ago. Okay. Uh, at one point, Arnold gets in a Johnny Cab. Which uh, still fascinates me. So a Johnny Cab is a vehicle that drives around autonomously. And in the cab, there is a cab driver who is just the upper torso of a man. Oh, yes. And he can, like, turn around and he, like, talks. And he's really annoying. And eventually Arnold, like, rips him off of the... Uh, <laughs> rips him right off of the thing. Be but, uh, <laughs> I, I actually kind of have been watching it quite a few times this week. Because... Like, we live in a world with autonomous cars that can do this. Like, we, you know. And I don't know if anyone's ever thought well, of putting a, a fake of a person in there. In yeah. I... Or you but also, some? I feel like we should... We Well, no, I think we should know. We have autonomous cars that can sort of do this. But they cannot reliably not hit the figure of a child crossing the road. Uh, the, prob- the problem with the autonomous cars is that there are people who are allowed on the road... And like walking and in other cars, and they can't figure it out. It'll get there though. Mm-hmm. Oh, the AIs? Soon. Oh, the AIs? Um, okay, I watched like 20 minutes of a film this week called <laughs> Heartbeeps. It's from 1981. <laughs> um, what is Heartbeeps? Heartbeeps is uh, Andy Kaufman's first and final film performance where he plays uh, a robot. Whoa. Um, in a world in the future, Bernadette Peters also plays a robot, and they meet. They're both about to be repaired, and they meet, and then they kind of fall in love, and then they sneak out and go on an adventure, and um, and then like a crime fighting robot goes to find them. It has um, John Williams did the soundtrack. Um, it was nominated for best makeup at the Academy Awards, but it was the very first time they had that category because. Because they basically, the budget was $12 million, They made $2 million. It has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. What? Straight up zero. Big goose egg. Um, and Andy Kaufman on David Letterman promised to reimburse every single person that went to see it because he felt it was, it was terrible. And I could get through 20 minutes. It was awful, awful, awful. Mm. Well, that sounds pretty good. You could, that. like, yeah. take a look. Like, it is worth, like, a peek. It's very trippy. Um... <sighs> He has the weirdest voice. I don't even want to do it. I'm going to scare myself. <laughs> um, but then I also watched a Frank Oz-directed film from 2004 that I totally forgot about. Stepford Wives. Oh, my God. Um, I did, too. Oh, did you? Oh, it's so... Like, I loved this when I was a kid. And it stars Glenn Close, Nicole Kidman, Bette Midler, uh, Faith Hill, Matthew Broderick. Christopher Walken, it's got a lot of people in there. And honestly, Nicole Kidman has is does great. She has so many amazing moments. When she is f- fired from her big city job, she has this like 
a huge, like a 30 second beat where she sort of processes this information and goes through all of the different levels of processing before finally deciding on being classy and leaving. It's so amazing. Um, anyway, it was extreme failure also. Oh, was it? Yes. Yeah. It, I didn't know that. It maybe came out like even, I think it made exactly as much money as they spent, but I'll check. Tr- I'll check. I'll check. But anyway, it's, uh, I don't think it's very good, but Glenn Close is incredible <laughs> also as a Stepford wife, as the lead Stepford wife, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those movies that's really frustrating because it has the potential to be really good. Yeah. But then it just undercuts itself at every turn. Like, spoiler alert, the men in this small gated community of Stepford, Connecticut are turning their wives into these like fembots to be the ideal uh, 50s housewife. But then the twist at the end is that it was all Glenn Close's evil machination. So it was all a woman setting this up, which just completely undermines the like feminist satire that it's trying to do. And that apparently the novel that it's based on and the original film from 1975 were apparently more effective in kind of that like feminist satire because... Like, the novel basically ends when Nicole Kidman, spoiler alert, is turned into a Stepford wife. Mm-hmm. The novel just, like, ends. Yeah. It's like, oh, and so you don't know they got her. what happened mm-hmm. or what's going on. Yeah. And yeah. they got her. And so that's, like, a story about, well, about a lot of things, but, like, with an underlying feminist message. Whereas this version... um, it just completely like undoes like it, it's not actually saying anything at the end of the day because it just undoes itself and it's I found it so irritating, but yeah. then like you said some of the performances really good like mm-hmm. it could have been good. Yeah, I I think they went like really risk averse in like mm-hmm. as many ways as they possibly could, and it is just a thing of like how do I word this I don't know it's like oh you know the. <laughs> The original was a bit too hardcore, so let's, like, make it more accessible. Let's undo and then, every, yeah, possible well, thing was, that could happen. I think it's important to note that, like, it was 2004, so that was a period of, like, intense backlash to the second wave feminist movement where, like, yeah, if you were trying to make a commercial success, you certainly wouldn't go with a hardline feminist, like, ideology because... It was so like it's interesting to actually kind of think back to that those times and just be like, oh yeah, it was really 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 bad. <laughs> and it opens with her pitching a bunch of reality shows <laughs> to a bunch of stakeholders, and a lot of them are basic like the satire shows that she's pitching are kind of shows that are real today. Yeah, I can do better. <laughs> like the one that inadvertently wrecks her career is basically the ultimatum. And Mike White is in that. Mike yeah, White is the guy so that. So funny. Yeah. It's it. It is always funny when the 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 fiction becomes the reality of our existence, which yeah. I feel like has happened like eight times since 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. When was Trump elected? 2016. <laughs> was before that. Oh my God! Really? Jeez. Yeah, that's when we went off. Jeez. Anything that's else you, when... you guys watch this week? Um, 
I rewatched The Iron Giant today as a little like sick day comfort movie. And mm-hmm. oh, it's so good, you guys. Like just the animation's so good. The writing's so good. The performances are so good. I love The Iron Giant so much. I will never not cry when, spoiler alert, he sacrifices himself. <sighs> it's so good. That's what happens when Vin Diesel gets too sad, too serious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <dear>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched Westworld this week, uh, oh. not the show from what? 1973. Oh, uh, a film. Yeah, yes. Um, it was really good with uh, Yul Brynner as the robot stalker who's trying to just like stalk these guys and take them out. Uh, it it's good. It suffers from the 70s like let's show everything mentality. Mm. Right. Uh, so it is. It is pretty long. Um, I still like enjoy it and it is kind of a thing of like you know let's see let's see how long uh we can like ride this out for and they just like there's not like twists in the way that there are in the, the new west world which by the way is very good and everyone should check out even just season one is chef's mm-hmm. kiss but um yeah no uh it was it was it was good uh it was maybe a little slow for 2023 god that was 50 years ago <laughs> oh no yeah right <laughs> Ooh, well, okay. with that, we're about to end the show, and we bid Jeremy his final farewell as we unplug him for six weeks. <laughs> he's got to do some updates. He's got to do, yeah, he's got to get his updates done. But we will have an extra special guest when we return, so tune in for that. <gasps> we won't drop. We'll keep it a secret. Yeah. We'd like to thank Saskatoon's The Garys for letting us use their song, Manatuna, for our theme song. We'd like to thank everyone here at CJTR and all of you at home for lending us your ears. We are broadcast Wednesdays at 6, Fridays at 3, and are available as a podcast on Spotify, Apple Play, and everywhere else podcasts are played. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so give us a follow. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. See you later. <laughs>